This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World, the enterprise data catalog for the modern data stack. We're coming to you live, not from Austin, Texas. I'm actually in Fredericksburg, Texas, and Juan will say where he is in just a second. This is an honest, no BS, non-salesy conversation about enterprise data management with tasty beverages in our hands. I'm Tim Gasper, longtime data nerd and product guy at Data.World, joined by Juan. Juan, hey. Hey, Tim. I'm Juan Cicada, principal scientist at Data.World, and as always, it's a pleasure, Wednesday, middle of the week and it's middle of the day where i am because it's 2 p.m i'm in las vegas i'm at the snowflake summit right now and we are live snowflake summit las vegas and we have an awesome guest it is peter kapoor head of governance from wm how are you peter i am fantastic i'm really excited to uh, finally meet people after two years i think all of us are blessed to, to be able to do this after what happened the last couple of years and exciting to meet both of you guys and one after the you know couple of years. That's yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, all right. So tell and toast. What are we drinking and what are we toasting for? Tim, you're 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 in uh you're in the middle of Texas right now. Tell us what you're drinking. Yeah. So you know I would be hanging out with you all if I wasn't on vacation this week. So my family and I are over in wine country uh, in Fredericksburg, Texas. Um, and actually, I should exciting. be drinking. It, it's it's great. And uh, despite it being a little cloudy today, the weather's been not too hot, right? You always worry about that. Um, I should be drinking a glass of wine, but I'm actually drinking a, a bourbon and root beer. So <laughs> keeping with the cocktails oh. instead of uh, instead of the wine. So that's what I'm drinking. Wow. Uh, what about we, you guys? We, we have uh, some special drinks right now. Uh, we have some snowflake uh, bottles here that, that have some... Uh, beverage and we'll just leave it like that for now <laughs> <There you go. laughs> all right well the honest no bs thing is that uh we couldn't find a drink <laughs> so we're drinking water today uh but we will definitely be having some more drinks later today and i think we're toast that we're here live together in, 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 in a snowflake yeah, in vegas uh, fantastic and after uh, what the world's gone through the last couple of years to be able to start getting some sort of normalcy see people in person shake hands it's, it's, it's fantastic i think it's, this summit kind of came at a good time yeah, <laughs> yeah. all and right especially in vegas <laughs> obviously so all right our warm-up question what is your favorite time waster i can give you a few but let me give you two of them if, Go if for anybody it. Uh, uh, any any meetings with more than five people with potted plants in the meetings a time waster <laughs> if you really want to get something done Everybody's got to contribute. If you're there just be, just because you're a potted plant, that's not conducive. And uh, uh, the second part, really, and trust me, I, I work for Credit Suisse, so I know about PowerPoints. Any, if you if you got any any presentation more than ten pages, and you've not been able to tell your story in the first few pages. Maybe you should just delete the other hundred pages you got. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. It is so it, it's uh, so true. I, I call it the also for the first one the the law of two feet. If you're not contributing, you have two feet. Please stand up and leave and go to a place where you are contributing or you're learning. Yeah, especially you know, and and that's where it'll come to right. I think we need to create an environment of conducive, right, where everybody uh, is able to contribute. Yeah, Tim, yeah. how about how about you? Couldn't agree more. You know, uh, I, I love those productivity tips and things like that. You know, I, I think in general, one of my hopes is that coming out of the pandemic, we're actually appreciating like, hey, we don't have to always have all these meetings all the time. We can kind of change the way we actually work, right? Which, which I'm excited about. But never on um, the meetings, right? There should be a reason for the meetings, right? Status meetings are the ones that right. are the most wasted time. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, time wasters for me, um, playing some video games. That's always a great time waster. Lately, I've been that's working on a the time uh, waster. Uncharted franchise. Those are fun games. Good way to burn burn some hours. <laughs> so that's a good thing. And building Legos. We've actually been, when we're not swimming, I got the swimming pool here behind me here. Uh, we're, oh, uh, nice. we're building Legos. Oh, that is nice. Can you show that again? Yeah. <laughs> you got a nice swimming pool right there. Look at that. <laughs> so, it's covered too, my, my, which is nice. My time waster is going to Wikipedia and clicking on a link and keep going to the next page and keep going. And then suddenly I'm like, where which <laughs> all did I get into? <laughs> so, but hey, you learn something. So, all right. All right. Let's get into the discussion. So honest, no BS. Um, it's obvious that we need to connect data and analytics to business value. I mean, duh. But 
it continues to be so elusive. Like, so honest, don't be asked, why the heck are we still in this? Like, oh, how are you providing value with your data? Because it continues to be the open question. Why? Because I think we still think of it technocentric, where we think we can control the world, right? And let's face it, I gave up on that uh, uh, many moons ago. We've got to start looking at it in, t- in terms of how does this solve a problem? A lot of times we're putting together what we think is best. And I'm, I'll go according to the analogy that I was talking I think, uh, on, right? There's, there's a scene uh, in uh, the Monty Python, Life of Brian. you got like four men uh, uh, talking about the right of men to have babies. They're arguing. Let's face it, men ain't going to have babies. So let's stay the theoretical out and let's focus on what the problems are of the business. Listen to actually what the business value is. If you're not listening, you're not connecting. And what ends up happening is most of the time we're coming across as, as with the enterprise data, data management, it's like, yeah, I'm from the IRS, big deal. Uh, uh, but, but it's more, more, we're not, we are coming across a lot of times with preconceived notions. So the, uh, uh, this must happen, this must happen. But most of the time I found that when you're actually connecting the business value, it's really trying to have your meetings where you don't have a preconceived notion to say, ah, this is what you're trying to do. You see, I, yeah. th- this is this is such an accurate thing that you're saying. Uh, I, I'm fully in, in agreement with you because I always say we've been looking at the problem of data management as a technical problem, right? It's a technical phenomenon when we really need to be looking at it as a social technical phenomenon, right? For the last 30 years, we've been just focusing on tools, technology, and throwing throwing all that stuff to the wall. And I think we've hit a limit that we can't do anything more than that with just pure technology. We need to go have that social aspect. And that social aspect is literally start talking to people. And uh, when we start talking to people, uh, I, I like solving problems for them, right? I, 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 I love to ask people is, um, what keeps you up at night? That's how I talk to you. What keeps you up at night? Failed projects. And then they keep okay. going, and then keep asking the why, why, why? I think, you know, get back, right? A lot of times we've got to really look at things as small. As soon as you attach the word enterprise to it, a lot of people that that is not necessarily the, uh, the one uh, that connotates that you're thinking outside the box. There's no such thing as an enterprise problem per se. You've got to tie it to how does it help your business? How does it help self-service? How does it help uh, 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 you make money, make money? And don't just tie it to compliance. And I think that's where we get into, right? Everybody with data management, it's easy to say, let's mandate this. Not a sustainable way. That's the problem. We are starting to mend. And this is this goes beyond analytics and all. I think analytics and data science is actually a boom to all of this because enterprise data management is in a, a while. And honestly, 80% of the time it's failing Be- because you're not tying it to now analytics or data science, which is about making money or saving money. And you're coming across more as a more monolithic compliance oriented, right? And I think you mentioned that in a lot of uh, times, the whole enterprise data management, data governance got reinitiated in 2008. But it was a mindset of compliance, which meant that the frameworks were put together for compliance. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and maybe to drill into that really uh, for a sec is, you know, compliance. Like a lot of these catalogs and governance solutions and and metadata in general was originally focused can't hear Tim we lost we lost Tim for a second there but let me go follow up with his thought here um I like what you said about like we leave in 2008 we would have always these uh I mean the, the big the, the the recession we went through kind of the financial issues the financial have, crisis and then and that focus that focused us to go do mainly compliance things right yeah. so we're always worried about the compliance and we have this particular issue of focusing just on the protection, right? I always say, if you really want to go protect your data, guess what? Don't let anybody use it. And then it's fully protected. And the whole point is to leverage your data. If, you, if you're going to go with a mindset of totally protecting your data, no, it should be, I want to use and leverage my data. How do I use it consistent with protection? Not whether we're there, right? And I think the 2008, I say, you know, I always say the industry does have PTSD from 2008. 
because everybody goes back framework thought that oh we should be telling people what to do not really the business has a full time job why would you tell them what to do Tim I think we we got you back Yeah can Tim's you hear me again Yeah we can yeah, go we ahead Tim I thought, I thought you were in the swimming pool or something <laughs> Uh, no worries. Yeah, a little bit of a delay. No, I I couldn't agree with you more, Peter. That like about how things are evolving, and I, I think what was great was one of the comments that we just saw in the chat here talking about failed projects. Right, Gordon kind of mentioned about how that really keeps a lot of people up at night, including himself. And you know, as you think about your experience, how do you break through some of those failed projects, and how does the use case tie to that? Right, has compliance been something that's contributed to that, or? Is it really tangential to that? Like you can do compliance in a way that saves money and 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 creates value. You just have to approach it way. I I have to tell you, even privacy and compliance can actually be a potent weapon to to unleash data if you start thinking of it. You know, and I remember you know uh, I was fortunate to work with a very very uh, progressive chief privacy officer in AIG, and then I talked to the uh, in Cisco. They were, I think privacy is some it's not that you're locking down the data a lot of that data even privacy is really helping you in analytics anyway you shouldn't think of it right and that that's the challenge of the enterprise data governance data man we're starting to think about it that we've got to put policies for compliance it's more uh, it's more about what i try to do is first really understand the business right not not come across as i know this needs to be done these uh, uh, policies need to be done we need to put this technocentric we need to put this out there no let's first understand what you're trying to do because you are a partner of the business one of my pet peeves is when a lot of times enterprise data manager goes and says the business doesn't take ownership i've never had an issue with that the because we're joint owners on this you can't play victim on it to say the the business is not going to take ownership if it makes no sense to them yeah so yeah i would argue that if the business is not taking ownership then guess what you're not providing value to the business so probably what you're doing if you can't take it if you can't find accountability from the business on the products that you're working on that is already huge evidence that you are probably not providing value and then you should reconsider what's going totally. on you've got to you know remember i always look at it you know that uh, whenever you're talking uh, the, the, you know there's four things right one is you and the business are 100% uh, in sync second part is you got to change your communication approach third is you got to change your approach fourth is you may not know what's going on be open to that <laughs> this is another thing we talk about yeah. is like i don't know is a perfectly valid answer Absolutely. and you should be able to kind of uh, uh, be very open to the i don't knows and then go just because I, mean, I know data management does not mean i know the business it's a partnership right and when we uh, just to get on the uh, the ownership that's another pet peeve of mine really on that right okay. we can't give the business a burger king you know those old burger king hats you can't give them a hat and say that's your ownership ownership is solving problems for them and bringing them into the ecosystem so i want to i want to yeah. tie something i'm seeing a comment here i'm going to go yeah. tie this to another, another topic which is you were talking we're talking about compliance yeah. but then we always say like look you got to make money and you got to save money right yeah. so it's like are you how much are we being more efficient we're saving money are we being able to go optimize revenue are we making money and then the question is how is compliance for example which is a lot of people focus on tied to making money and saving money i mean is it how indirect or direct is it i mean it from a data management perspective you can actually as long as your mindset is privacy and information security and i've done that is an enabler for the business you will be able to find a way to tie that the data and metadata together to allow it so uh, you, it's more the mindset to say i am trying to enable the uh, the data for the business it should not necessarily be two things but from a compliance from a pure compliance perspective and i come from financial now i'm in a garbage company yeah uh, uh, is nobody is paying you to spend if you can do your compliance with 5 million why would you want to spend 20 million oh. right wouldn't you and 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 the point is you want to minimize the cost on compliance it's very important but while you're doing compliance you want to be able to take a look at how can i leverage this to make money 
how to save money. And I'll give you an example yeah, of so GDPR. Let's get, some, let's get into the really concrete examples sure. here. When I did that, uh, so uh, I had the, the, the CDO in, in Europe say, hey, listen, we, we want you to help us with G uh, data management GDPR, right? And, and uh, at that point, it was more about understanding what they were trying to achieve, right? But I had to argue again and say, hey, guys, this is not about terms. This is not about that. It's trying to understand what is information security trying to do and privacy. How are they trying to then how can we how can data management help them? And we found a way where GDPR jump started a stewardship. GDPR jump started a lineage. To look at it this way, we had to do we had to do a lineage for GDPR. We had to do stewardship for the, uh, uh, GDPR, but those were basically tied to things we had to do for data management anyway. So it's interesting that we that uh, that at the end of the day, regulations they do innovate, help innovate, right? Exactly. But you're gonna have that mindset, right, where you're innovating. And and I have to be honest with you, right? When I've talked to CISOs and deep private, they don't want to be the the people that say no. They want to be in the forefront of innovation. They just want to obviously say, hey, you know what? Take these regulations to account. But what ends up happening sometimes in technology, we boil the ocean. They are more than happy to say, for this regulation, this meets it, and you know what? I will work with you to uh, uh, to be an enabler. I have worked with the uh, privacy and security because they were doing data management long before a lot of the governance and uh, different things about, right? So you got to respect what they're doing. They've got their own, uh, you've got to mess that together was to say, this is different. Yeah. Well, so... We were talking. You brought up lineage, right? And kind of a lot of these tools. Yep. Now, one right, we're cataloging cocktails. We talk about catalogs too. So, how are you seeing the data catalogs, for example, and how is that being tied to making money and saving money uh, within your experience? To me, if I'm able to find the exact data I need, I'm able. I'm able to do uh, uh, my help data science with the data that I have in the catalog. I'm able to govern, help govern some of the models. Analytics and data science should be some of the primary users of your data catalog. It's not just on the, uh, on the developer side of it because it should be a business-centric data catalog where it's okay, I can go in, I can quickly find what I want. And I do agree, it's gotta be more productized. This is what I need. I think we tend to put a catalog which says, okay, I've got a hundred million uh, elements. Who cares? Yeah, I know. <laughs> we, we see this all the time. All right? I, I like to say that there's like two lenses of a catalog. Yeah. I mean, I mean, at the end, it's really understanding who are the users and what are the problems that they're going to try to solve. One of the use solve. cases, before you buy a tool, you've got to have not the sponsors, but people who are going to be excited because that tool is going to help them. Because on a catalog, might be on a catalog, yes. First thing in the morning, I want to be able to go and say, this thing really helps me. You shouldn't be pushing people to a catalog. They should want to go to a catalog because their use cases are embedded in there. That's a very important point. I think, you know, I, 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 well, I'm, I'm organizing my thought here because, hold on. If you have a tool in your organization and you are trying to figure out and push it to people because you made us invest when people aren't using it. That already is evidence that you did a bad job on bringing that tool. I mean, it, it, may, it may be an issue of that tool itself was the wrong one and you chose the wrong tool, or maybe that type of technology, you didn't need that. You weren't ready for that. It, it, it's always a combination of the mindset and the tool, right? It's not just always the tool. I think a lot of times we go back, right? That mindset is... This is how things are done. You want another pet? Yeah, mine. I think you kind of talk. You got to stop thinking industry best practices. That means you're oh. 10 years behind the times. You got to question it when you're looking at this and say, is this the right thing to do? Does this resonate? Does this make sense? One of the things that I always say to people is, hey, hey, you know what? We're going to read you the Bible of industry best practices. Who wants that? So you're, you're saying that you're against, are you against? industry best practices? I am not against that. All I'm saying is don't shut your mind. Yeah, okay. Don't start with that. 
if you're starting with industry best practices to the business, what you've done is you've closed your mind. You already know, you already got a hammer and you're going to knock all the nails on there. I've got a tool and I'm going to use it the way I know how to use it instead of every tool is capable of being used for use cases. But if you're yeah. starting to think this is best practice, that's what I should do. And I've got, you know, I'll give you an example of the enterprise glossary. That's where people say, I've got to get my terms on. Not really. That's not a, a use in itself. You can't think that. It, you have to think, how is it going to be useful for the initiatives? How is it really going to be useful to the uh, business? Yeah. Don't just jump in thinking, oh, if I build a thousand business terms or, um, well, I have to build out all my workflows. That once that, then all of a sudden that's going to solve all your problems. It sounds like you're really No, it's not. And hey, I'll give you a real be case. Be critical, right? Be use case driven. Yeah, because, and I'll go back to the GDP example, right? Where we were trying to understand what it was, right? And I, I group said, can you find out from the chief privacy officer how many business terms he has? I said, huh? We don't really know what problem he has and that's what we're fo uh, focused on? Yeah, <laughs> but we focus so much on all these like technicalities and these yeah. features and these things that we need to go back to really understand what is the questions. I think this is why what we're what I'm seeing now and I'm talking to a, a lot of CDOs and leaders is like, let's go catalog the questions you have. Let's go catalog the hypotheses that you've had. Or the use case. And to me, I've talked to people and say, okay, this is what I need a catalog for before you go into any catalog, right? Because now the buzz for years has been, and, and I can't, can't say, listen, everybody's on has a catalog. Everybody now, that's the buzz, the catalog and all of that, right? Implementing a catalog should not be a natural for you unless you know you're going to get adoption. Adoption I, is the key. I like what we have a, a comment here. If, if people don't come to your catalog freely, either the catalog sucks or the products within them are also bad. 100%. Right? If if you're forcing them be, because my boss said I have to go into the catalog and look at it, that's not sustainable. I think the, you're, <laughs> you, you brought this up a couple of times already about sustainability, right? Like, I'm going to mandate these things. It's not sustainable to keep keep doing this over and over again. So I think that's something to really start thinking is, are you? How much are you forcing things down people's throat, basically? It never works. And it will never, never work. You, 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 you've got to really and maybe this gets into that federated stewardship data management and all but, but it's really they will own it if it's beneficial to them you've got to make the solution beneficial and maybe getting back to your question uh, uh, about why we still do a technocentric we don't have to develop technology we are business solution providers every developer should think of themselves not as a developer but a business solution provider it's not the number of lines of codes that, uh, that should matter. Oh, it's, did I solve a problem? This is, it goes back to a point that I've, that I've been kind of make, trying to make is, why are we always talking about data literacy? We should also be talking about business literacy. Like, let's go educate all we the- We should learn the business. Yes. That is a, another way. We, we tell the business to say, you need to be data literate. They have a full-time job. You want them to now go learn data management? But, but but then how does it work? Because you can make the argument the other way around. Like you have a full-time job dealing with, with, I mean, an engineer writing code or I mean, managing the data. Like Because you've got to meet RFA, right? Because the business will automatically become interested in learning about data management if you put it in their perspective. Don't put it in tech again. And now it's become a little even like metadata starting to, to talk about semantic layers and all of that. And they say, huh? All this stuff is a means to an end. They don't give up. They don't. About I, I, I call it it's, uh, I call it plumbing. The problem in our industry is we expose the plumbing to the business. It's more, they actually will get the zest of what you're trying to achieve. But as long as you tie it to what matters to them to say, okay, self-service matters to you and this is how we're achieving it. Then they're paying attention and say, oh, I get it now, I'm supporting you. You're teaching literacy through practical tangibility. And there's just still too big of a gap in, uh, between the technical, the, business, uh, the, the data side and the business side. I mean, how are you seeing that these gaps should be bridged? I mean, listening, honestly, it, it comes down not having a preconceived notion. Understand, like, uh, uh, to me, I'm in a new industry, right? Uh, yes, I have no idea. So, so my 
my perspective here is I respect the people who've been there for many years. They are the true heroes. My job is to help tie things together. I need to learn the business and tie this. So, which means I don't come with preconceived notions. Once I understand the business, then I'm saying, hey, you know what? This is how we could tie this and this is how data management can help you. And, and going back to the, to the previous comment about like the, the products inside of the catalog are not good. And Tim, all the work that we've been doing on our data product ABCs, I think by kind of coincidence, by accident, the A is for accountability. And if you're not able to find who is going to take be accountable, who's going to be responsible yeah. for this, and if, if, if then then why does it exist? I mean, if I'm literally going off and chasing, can you please be accountable? Can you please be accountable? It's like if nobody wants to be accountable for that, it's either it's either like super like a, a that, liability. That Burger King hat to, uh, data ownership of stewardship. That's uh, they will be accountable. They will own it if it is beneficial to them. And there's nothing wrong with saying what's in it for me. Nothing wrong with that. No, on the contrary, that should be the first thing probably. Right. It's like, but we don't we don't think of it. It's uh, a lot of times what we're thinking is to say, uh, no, we think this is the best way to do it. If you can't convince your business partner it's the best way to do it, you obviously haven't thought about it overall or you haven't communicated well. <laughs> no, yeah, no this, is, know, this is a This is an interesting problem in general because, you know, you don't want to just put the crown on people's heads, hope that the right thing's going to happen. You don't They're want saying to create, basically, what is this? Um, you gave me the crown, but what do I do with it? <laughs> right, right. And you don't want to create the storefront, and there's only one person, one owner managing the storefront, but there's no, there's nobody to talk to, right? Like thinking that you build it and then magic is going to happen. You know, what, what kinds of um, recommendations do you have? I mean, you talked about preconceived notions and trying to avoid that. Um, you know, how, how do you actually partner with the business? Like, do you think things like, Governance councils are valuable. Do you think that um, you need to kind of pair up, you know, governance people with business people? And like at Data.World, we talk a lot about agile data governance. Just curious about what you've seen that maybe works pretty well in this area. I am not a huge proponent of the data governance council. And I'll tell you mm -hmm. why, because that's a vestige again of the 2008 crisis, right? It has to be more of a stewardship it's the way we've done it is instead of the, the stewardship where you're doing the business terms, et cetera, stewardship of the business leaders in the organization. We prop them up. They are the conduit to the business. They are our partners. We're not just going there uh, uh, to say, we want you to do this in the catalog. We want you to do this. No, no, no. They are our business partners. We truly believe uh, trusted. You've got to build that trusted partnership where they're saying, yeah. So first thing I do is I put guiding principles. I think a lot of us, we, we carry baggage. Whenever I try to implement data governance, I look at it this way. I have baggage from the last 12 years. So I put together guidelines to say, I'm not that governance. I'm here to enable you. I'm not the IRS. So, so it's more guidelines that this, hey, we are there. Our core part is business process enabling the business. It's not about putting policies that nobody can use. So it's more trying to uh, make them understand truly that you're here to enable the business. Data governance, and I've said that for many years, right? It's an enabler for the business. Stewardship, stewards, business stewards are our partners. So when you're talking about the government, it's more what you need to do is a lot of times the naming gives it away. Because again, the data governance council becomes more of a thought to say, oh my God, it's a top down thing. I, I love innovation. I uh, love how you uh, brought yeah. out this notion of the IRS. Like you should, we should ask you, ask yourself in your organization, do you feel like you are acting like the IRS or people look at you like the IRS? If you are in that position, uh, you should if, change. If, if if your business basically mentally shuts the door and hopes your finger sucks gets stuck in the door, you got a problem. <laughs> okay, you should be. Remember, you want to be in the table, invited by your business. I've never had should be that right. You don't want to go uh, be at the table because Peter said so or somebody said so. You want to be invited as a partner because you're solving a problem for them. Never an issue with that. 
I love this. This is an important takeaway right there. If you are at the table because you're like, well, I guess we got to have Juan at this table because of what uh, I like. He has the data management guy. guy. Let's put him on the side. side. No, all right. No, you want people to be excited about it. I'm, so if, you, if you're if you going through these, uh, you're seeing these symptoms, like this is where you have to start reacting. I mean, you're not providing value. And, and I, I think getting back, you know, it's a trusted ratio where the business will spend the time explaining these things to me. I will spend the time explaining why I'm doing something. A lot of times is, uh, wait a minute, you're making these decisions in technology and not even telling me why? So there's gotta be that, uh, say, you know what? It's a transparent relationship. Yeah. Well, we'll take a quick pause to say that this episode is brought to you by data.world, the enterprise data catalog for the modern data stack. Data.world makes data discovery, governance, and analysis easy, turning data workers into knowledge superheroes. To learn more, visit data.world. And with that, I wanted to I want to deal, dig more into the people aspect. Is you said we don't have to have start listening, to talking to people, don't have preconceived notions. Um, how, what are these? Who who are these people right now? Where do they sit within an organization? Because I I, I kind of jokingly say like we need to have more therapists data therapy like you literally go off and say hey so peter uh, like what keeps you up at night like keep doing that talk to somebody else i'm like finding all these patterns of of, of problems and people and in and, and the context around them but who are these people in organization where do they sit like where i mean is, he, is he weaving knowledge graph into this stuff i'm just no. kidding <laughs> but, but you got a point there because uh, what uh, because you really need to uh, to understand the problem and find ways to solve it. And you don't have to solve it perfect. The business doesn't want a perfect solution that's coming in a five-year plan. I've had times where people say, hey, you know what? I got to do this in two months. You get the team together, say, hey, you know what? We're doing a minimum viable product because this this is needed, right? You really, it's more of a mindset norm, right? But you've got to question everything. You got to, you got to just continually question to say, how do I do this better? And once you build that relationship with the business, I've never seen them ever question to say, are you getting minimal viable product? I get it, but it's going to work for me, right? I'll do this manual. No problem. I, lo- I love this. I love this. this is, is Sometimes we strive too much for perfection. And, and, and we need oh, to be we over-engineer it. And we, yeah, we over-engineer it. Or we're like, we're already thinking about the problem at scale. I'm like, wait, hold on. I'm like, I, I'm having this problem. But it's going to evolve. Like, every, the, 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 Oh, no, no, no. Trust me. I'm, I'm now you know, into my data, uh, data quality and MDM kick. And I see even in those, uh, they were, we're just over-engineering things. <laughs> oh. Remember, this was no BS. So I'm allowed to uh, be non-politically uh, incorrect. Yeah. Not go according to Bill Maher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could do, but okay. But you didn't answer my question. Yeah. Where, who are these people? Where I mean, who are the people going to be listening? Who are these types of people? I mean, I, I think what's happened is best practices are good, right? But one of the things we need to practice, whether product managers, even on the technology side, uh, to say, let's embed ourselves in the business, but let's not. It really comes down to understanding with an open mind. Because most of the time, what I find, even senior people, step one, step two, step three, step four. Yeah, but that problem doesn't fit fit into this. Now what? But then they go back and say, no, step one, step two, step three, step four. And I'm dealing with it right now. Yeah, but it still doesn't sit in here. Can you, can you first? Uh, uh, so so it's, a, it's a mind shift to say, no. I'm still going to give you these four steps. Yeah, but that doesn't solve the problem. But I'm still going to give you the four steps. Because that's the safe way to go. So now, get back to it, right? Yes, I get it. A lot of people will want to go the safe route, right? That is how the established. There's nothing wrong with the best practice frameworks. But you've got to think a little bit out of the box to say, does this framework actually help? Does it solve? Or do I need to modify it? Uh, that, that's an important thing is that we should be open of not just like open, take- be brave, be brave. And it doesn't matter whether you're six months. One of the things I tell people is, here's another point. If you're six months in the industry or 25 years in the industry, should be irrelevant. A guy that ever got, comes into a meeting and tells me I've got 25 years experience already shut himself off. Irrelevant. 
<laughs> Ooh, I, I think we should all start updating our bios and say, we got 10, 15, 20, 25 percent. No, no, it's not about that, right? It's good that you have that, right? But if you're, if you're, it comes with the same thing, right? If you're starting first with a, 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 with a preconceived notion that my 25 years is relevant to this, not the right thing to do. <laughs> All right, that, that that's an important one, and I think I, I think what we're seeing right now is an evolution of of the of how teams are being formed uh, within organizations. Like I think one they've are they're acknowledging that they can't be so siloed. But I think what I'm, what I'm also talking to people right now is that they're trying to figure out what is the best way to start kind of connecting these two uh, the, the business and, and 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 the tech side together. And part of it is really start pushing people inside of the business domains, right? And and, and having more conversations with the business people coming into the data domain. Absolutely. And giving, there are always going to be certain people who want to learn more about the business. doesn't matter if it's a developer. doesn't matter. If they want to, give them that opportunity. Don't shut them down. The more they understand, the better they will be. Let the people, you know, let people flourish in the way they think. So do we do we need to have like uh, an internal internship program within organizations to say, hey, I want to go spend a couple months in this other domain so I can learn about it? And, and I don't I don't think you necessarily need to do that. I look at it this way, right? I will get into meetings, and I'll write down say, okay, so and so said, now my weekend work is figuring out what the hell that means. <laughs> you know. You can learn about that. I mean, if you if you ask anybody, you know, I say, hey, Tim, uh, uh, can, uh, do you have a half hour? Help me understand this business. Everybody's open to it. Well, I, 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 I think that's really important what you just said there, Peter. And one thing I worry about is, especially at larger companies, is the silos, right? Where you don't have the technical people talking with the business people enough or the data or governance group talking enough with the the other groups. How, how do we get people communicating, right? Did, does technology have to serve an important role in trying to get these people communicating together? Or is this gonna is this really more of a culture and a process thing? It's, I think it's a culture and process, a lot of it, right? But I think part of it also is the way you build teams. The same, they need to be collaborative teams with no hierarchy involved. You want people to be able, because the ideas emanate from anybody. So these and folks need to be peers. Everybody's a peer. At least on the, on the ideas and all perspective, everybody's a peer because I, I look at it this way, you know, I'm a leech. If, if I can go use somebody else's brain, I'll use somebody. Why do I have to use mine? Right? There are people who've got the ideas. Our job is to tie it together. I mean, I, I, I I'm really fascinated about how we're having this discussion about getting value business value of data and we've for the last 20 minutes we've been talking about the people the culture uh and th this is really the change and i really love this comment that i'm seeing right now which is like uh best model i've seen is for junior data people to embed with the business people and get curious i love observe it. the day-to-day -day questions the problems and and that's kind of a value that we should be able to inject within or, or the company should have like curiosity collaboration like be open be open to let's, go ask those let's, questions let's make people comfortable asking this and it truly there's no such thing as a stupid question because i specialize in those so there's nothing at all my problem is when people are not asking questions you have not you're not thinking about it so you do want people to be curious in there and and, and even on the on the technology, we need to really say we implemented it because of this. And to be honest, at WM, that's what we're trying to do is say, uh, say tie everything to this is the business driver. This is why we're doing it. So that people can say, yeah, I saved one million, uh, one million tickets uh, uh, for online. Oh, I didn't realize my development effort actually saved that. That's a satisfaction of that. It's not just the, the technical development, but what it enabled at the end result. And, and another thing that comes up uh, a lot, I'm hearing it more and more when it comes to like the, the disconnect between business value and data, is quality. Like the data quality is an aspect that I hear people come up all the time saying, "Yeah, we need data quality." I'm like, "But 
how are you yes okay we agree yeah. we need quality but that's like i need to trust we need data trust and all that stuff like but how are you actually connecting that to the business value? And I, and I, I want to give, uh, I, we're here at Snowflake and bumped into several of our past uh, guests. And I bumped into Luke Slotwinski from Prologis, who was a guest a while ago. And I've learned so much about the stuff that they're doing at Prologis. It's fascinating. They've defined these metrics on quality and they've tied it directly to the business. They said, we don't have good quality data about a height of a building. Why is that important? Well, I don't know my capacity. I don't know how much I can, how many boxes I can fill up in the warehouse. Prologis is a warehousing company, logistics. I got the wrong number. I'm leaving money on the table or I'm, I'm, I'm going to be losing money. Like that's a very, very important example right there. Bingo. And, and I think data quality is a very important driver of the multidisciplines. But it's some, somehow because we spend too much time in the integration layers, it gets lost, right? To me, what you just mentioned, data quality, you know, we're doing some, uh, something right now, you know, we're a waste manager. We basically look at, uh, look at uh, we look at ourselves, uh, uh, you know, as the the Amazon of logistics, but other than, other than delivering your package, you pick up your package. But there's a lot of uh, uh, data and all that's required and the quality of the data determines our logistics. And that's important. That makes a difference to our compliance responsibilities, our regulatory responsibilities, our revenue opportunities, our customer service and all. We tie it directly, not a traditionalistic data quality approach, which says, I'm going to do the business terms. I'm going to put this. I'm going to do it. That's needed. But again, it's plumbing. Yeah, you that, know, that, it's more about I'm disposing here because this is where where the most optimized route is. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it really depends on how you're starting that problem. Are you starting it from the tech perspective of like let's go bring in all these uh, the terms and put it all together, you or never you're started from the tech perspective, never, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, 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 because then you don't have to build. Once you've got a business on there, then you're you're able to then, and I I think data quality needs to be stood up as a discipline in itself. As in, and it doesn't matter, right? You, if you, if you look at it, uh, if you look at multidisciplines, wherever your use cases, you start from there. It doesn't have to be a sequential set of things. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. Yep. Tim, I, any I, final? I, and yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Tim. just just one final comment before we start going to the lightning yeah. round and things like that. Um, Peter, I really liked when you said that uh, data quality is a big driver of multidiscipline and that it can get lost because we spend a lot of time on the integration layers. Uh, because I think that's a really important thing for things for folks to think about. I think a lot of people think about data quality in terms of like, oh, I got to glue everything together and I got to make sure it all glues, right? But like they forget that actually data quality isn't about connecting and it isn't just about breadth. There's actually depth to it, right? Really understanding the semantics and the meaning of the data so that data quality isn't just about like, hey, you know, what's completeness or something like that, right? Actually having a deeper yep. view of it. I, I Yeah, early, and, I, and I think data quality helps a company make money and save money and actually help them <laughs> for regulatory. So you really need to focus in on that if you're fo and, and I've had that discussion myself. If you're focusing in on the integration layer, you're not focusing on what you should be, which is how do I serve the business? Well, I think with that, time to go to our lightning round, which is uh, presented by Data.World, the enterprise data catalog for the modern data stack. So I got question number one. First, it's kind of like a multiple choice. So we're at Snowflake Summit. Is Snowflake the new Salesforce, the new Oracle, the new Cloudera, or the new, what do you think? Uh, I, I try not to label, but obviously they've got a great offering because I look at it this way, that, that the business is looking for you to bring all that data together. The fact that it, they're able to bring that data together, it serves as an integration point. And it actually helps from an enterprise data management because you're bringing everything together. All right, you go, Tim. All right, second question. Is catalog really more of a platform? And when we talk about things like governance, privacy, 
privacy, quality, you know, data price. Those are really you're building use cases on top of that platform. Is Catalog a platform? I, I try to uh, catalog uh, again. I wish I could call it something different, but that's an overused word. Hmm. What would you call it? What I would call uh, it's really a, a knowledge collaboration, something or the other, right? Because what you're trying to do is, is most companies' knowledge is siloed. You're trying to bring that knowledge together so that you can capture it systematically easily. It's not all about the metadata. It's more, and maybe going back to what you're saying, I want to be able to know what is a customer? What's a valued customer? How do I get to it? It's more, more than just saying, I want to be able to look at the lineage. The catalog should be the center of your knowledge and the center of your collaboration. That's why uh, it's got to be easy to use. I, I, I honestly, I dislike the word data catalog because it's much more than that. And I... I, 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 I like, like to say data, it's a data and knowledge catalog. Say, you know, listen, everybody's got a catalog and it becomes a buzz and all. So it's more of a collaborative not, uh, uh, knowledge transfer. All of this. All right, uh, another question. Snowflake announced a lot of improvements to their data sharing here at the conference. Is that going to be the primary way for data provisioning, how it's going to work in the enterprise? More than that, I like what they're doing with data sharing. Because obviously uh, uh, what they've done is they've created an ecosystem where you can put all your data safely, which means then you're in the past, data sharing used to be, uh, okay, now I got the approval data share. Now I'm going to go access it. That was a disconnected way of data sharing. Because one part was the approval, one part I'm going to go get the data. With Snowflake, you'll be able to actually say, I've got the approval to get this data, and I, I've got the partition of the data I can get to. So it actually makes the data sharing or data collaboration tangible. Tim, get the last one. All right, ready? Um, do you believe that quality, catalog, compliance, that these are all part of what you should, what should be a combined data governance strategy? Or do you actually kind of think of them as uh, multiple strategies? Uh, I look at them separately from one perspective, right? And I'm fortunate here on those disciplines because I've seen it fail when you're trying to go sequential. So the way I look at it is every discipline needs to earn its keep. Don't, uh, so if it's data quality, you want to be able to uh, uh, to be able to say my data quality program is working because of this, not because I integrated with the catalog, not because I uh, integrated it by my governance. My governance is succeeding, not because of quality, but it's succeeding on its own. So and that so, answer is yes. Overall, it should be part of a strategy, but don't don't tie it so much together that you're spending your time on that. That makes sense. Each should succeed on its own, and it also should fail and be iterated on its own. That, that's right. Otherwise, you're spending that time on the the whole integration and saying, you know, you're, you're basically using it as a crutch. Mm -hmm. All right, advice. we're off, we're off to our mesh minute. Peter, you have one minute to rant, pontificate, say whatever you want about data mesh. One minute, go. So again, I look at data mesh as something that's been going on for a while, right? That's really the federated st uh, 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 stewardship and providing people ownership, right? So now we've provided this new name where people don't understand what data mesh is. And I'm about simply making people say, it's about giving you a business product and giving you the ownership of the business product and the data associated with it. Data mesh is just a name. Simple, less than 30 seconds. I love that. Very, 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 very specific. All right. Takeaway time. Tim, TTT, Tim takes us away with takeaways. Go first, Tim. All right. So much notes. Well, hopefully my connection my connection holds up here. Uh, so many good things. Um, uh, I think that you started off, Peter, by saying that we're still thinking about things in a technocentric way about data. Uh, and that uh, we, we are coming at it from this angle that we can control everything. We can control the world. And ultimately, one of the biggest takeaways you focused on was f focusing on the business problem. What are you trying to solve? What are the use cases? Really listening 
to your business counterparts. Uh, otherwise, you run the risk of looking like you're the IRS. You're the tax man come to, to, to tell people what to do. And ultimately, people don't buy into that. People go around that. They avoid you like the plague. And that's not how you're going to create value from data, right? Come in with these preconceived notions. And we need to dispel that and focus on business problems. You, you talked about being careful about the word enterprise. Right. The second you're enterprise to it, it's like, oh, it's becoming too big now. Right. Uh, can you do things smaller, more incremental and really stay hyper focused on making money, saving money? Uh, a mandate is not sustainable, you said. And the industry overall has a lot of PTSD from sort of this past iteration of very compliance and top down oriented sort of uh, uh, management of data. Right. Uh, you mentioned that it's not just about compliance. Uh, you mentioned that the business has to take ownership. Um, and, uh, you know, either you and the business are in sync or something, either you need to adjust to get in sync or somebody doesn't know what's going on and you have to try to make sure that people understand what's going on, get aligned. Um, and you talked about sort of how catalog should be focused on helping you to make money and save money. Um, and I think that's really important for folks to realize that it's not just about, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to take a, you, you mentioned about like, don't just follow the best practices blindly. Don't just follow the frameworks blindly about why are you doing this? Why are you doing governance? Why do you want a catalog? Why do you want to implement this technology? Um, and together with Juan, y'all discussed about, hey, it's not just about data literacy, right? Teaching the business people data, but it's also about literacy, making sure that the data people can speak business. So, and so much more, but Juan, I'll hand it over to you. You tell us about your takeaways. No, we, we, I got so much stuff here. So one, we expose so much plumbing to the business. They don't care. Right. How do we bridge more of the gaps with the business? We need to go listen. Right. We, and, and we don't we need to eliminate that preconceived notion that we have in it. We need to be comfortable saying, hey, what's in it for me? Um, you're interesting. You're not, I, I like that you said that you're not a fan of the governance council. Rather, you prefer a stewardship model where you empower the business and partner with them. So work together to build trust. You want to have some guiding principles around that. Um, again, I like this notion of the IRS. Don't be the IRS, right? Uh, you, you need to be invited to the table. If you're part of the table because you're told to be there, whatever, like that's already a sign that you're not providing like very direct value in there. Um, don't need to solve the problem perfectly. Start, iterate, a minimal viable product. Embed yourself in the business, right? We really need to focus on the use cases and we need to be comfortable with failure in a controlled way, right? So if step five breaks, that's okay. Go back to step four and figure out the next thing. And a lot of the lack of business value that we're seeing is just lack of, it's just culture things that need to go change. So for example, you need to build a collaborative team with no, no hierarchy. Everyone is a peer and at least you get ideas and efforts from the different perspectives. Um, there, again, culture, there is no such thing as a stupid question. And, I, and we ended up talking about data quality, and it's a big driver of multidiscipline, uh, multi uh, but it can get lost because we spend so much time in the integration layers. Again, we spend so much time in the tech. Don't start from the tech perspective. Uh, and you're also saying that quality needs to be a, a discipline by itself. And at the end of the day, the quality, these always tie this. How is it making money? How is it saving money? How did we do? Uh, you articulated it way much better than my ranch could. <laughs> all right well to wrap up three questions what's your advice about data life second who should we invite next and third is what are the resources to you that you follow people blogs uh conferences uh podcasts whatever be fearless you're in an exciting age of data if you if you're following what is considered industry best practices question it we're not sheep we all need to think and say, think about what could happen a year, two years on. Just because somebody hasn't thought of it does not make it wrong. So really, I, I think people need to say, hey, I have a, a better idea. Let's vet it out. Not every idea is good. But I really want people to start thinking that maybe, the, maybe everything hasn't been invented. Right? And that's really the, the, the mindset, right? Remember, they said 100 years back, everything has been invented. In data management, even approach in technology maybe have not been invented yet. So you, you got to uh, continue pushing the envelope. Love it. Be fearless, push the envelope. Who should we invite next? I'm going to say, of course, he's going to kill me. And uh, my, uh, my good friend, Russ LeBlanc from Walmart. And uh, he's the uh, director of data there. And uh, he is fantastic in data and an awesome cook which i am not 
right. And finally, what are the resources that you follow? I actually do a lot of discussions with my peers. And I uh, also with the business, it's more, it's not about reading. I do a lot of reading, but it's more about talking to people. Because I feel that if I am talking to people, I realize I have not, maybe I don't have a complete picture. And uh, it makes me rethink what I have because it allows them to rethink uh, and not. I love this. And, I, and that last point, I've, the, 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 the pandemic for me has given me the opportunity to set up a bunch of one-on-ones with people who are like- I, I love the concept that. of one-on-ones and I encourage everybody Every relationship is a one-on-one. As long as it's a safety to, uh, to say, I want people to question me. To me, some uh, uh, I got to be honest. My, in the past, I've, I've loved it. People have that. Hey, I remember uh, 12, 14 years back, when I asked them, what it, said, you pontificate too much. Since then, I said, you're right. I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> All right. Well, with this, uh, just a quick reminder for next week, we have Ergest Heblati, who is... This is a guy who I just discovered. I found him on LinkedIn and Twitter asking all these really the, the bold questions about data modeling. And we've met and he's such a cool guy and he's organizing a course on data modeling. He has a book about SQL patterns. I'm super excited to have that conversation with him because we need to go talk more about modeling, about knowledge. So that's next week. And uh, with that, Peter, Thank you so much. And as always, thanks to data.world. I just want to say I love your excitement. Juan, when I met you a few years back, I said, you know, this guy's going to make knowledge graph exciting. It's and true. Thank you, Tim, for taking an hour off your vacation. Now go back to the pool and, uh, and, and, keep, and keep your time off. Enjoy your time off. I'm going to jump in that, the pool. It's been great, Peter. This was an amazing right, conversation. Tim. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Thanks also, a lot. cheers. All right. Cheers. This is Catalog and Cocktails. A special thanks to Data.World for supporting the show, Carly Berghoff for producing, John Loyans and Brian Jacob for the show music, and thank you to the entire Catalog and Cocktails fan base.